This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. We're going to talk about the battlefield for your soul this morning. If you want to turn to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. You wouldn't mind standing with me this morning. Romans chapter 12, and read verse 1 and verse 2. Wait till I hear the ruffling of pages. Pastor said he, he felt led to have me up here this morning. No coincidence for Friday morning, I was on my way to work, driving in my car, praying as I, I normally do, taking advantage of, a, of an entire hour of driving. What better way to spend it than talking to Jesus? And uh, God began to just download into my spirit this word for this morning. Um, I'd had some, some uh, small thoughts concerning this a message this morning, but God really began to pour it into me, and then pastor called me in the afternoon, and, and I knew I had to say yes, because uh, when God speaks to you so many things in such a short period of time, it, it's meant for something, and uh, it's also meant for me this morning, so uh, I pray that I can accept this word this morning as well. Sounds like they're having fun out there. Hallelujah. Romans 12, chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Or to Matthew chapter 22, if you would. Young ruler came to Jesus, pious and prideful spirit. The Lord um, challenged him. This is the beginning of what Jesus said. Matthew 22, verse 36 through 38. He said, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Glory to God. Let's go before the Lord in prayer this morning. Jesus, God, I need you this morning to, to bring clarity, to bring wisdom. God, I pray that you would begin to speak through me. Lord, remove all carnality, all flesh, all insecurities. God, out of the way right now, my Jesus. God, pour out your spirit in this place, God. Let us not take offense to your word, God. But, Lord, let's obey it, God. Let us obey this word this morning. 
Lord, and bring, that you can bring about your will in our lives, God. We need you this morning. Challenge us, Lord. Convict us if necessary, my God. But Lord, don't let us leave this place the same way that we showed up today, God. Let us leave better, Lord, to the glory of your name, God, and to the furtherance of your gospel and your kingdom. We love and appreciate you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Hallelujah. The battlefield for your soul is your mind. Time for the church to get our minds right. The mind is where all your thoughts and ideas originate. Those that are detrimental to your walk with God and those that are beneficial. But those beneficial thoughts come from the Word of God. Some of us have given too much real estate in our minds to the devil. There are many in this world that are depressed today. Those that are bound in their mind. They can't see the way out. And even when the way is presented to them, they're blind to it. Because the enemy has such a grip on their mind. We read in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, that the first step to salvation is repentance. It's a change of your mind. The battle for your soul starts in your mind. The devil knows that he has to get you to relinquish control of your mind to him for him to be able to incrementally and systematically destroy you. A wise man once said, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop him from building a nest in your hair. We have to watch what we entertain with our minds, the thoughts that we hold on to. That's why we, it's important to know the word of God. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The mind and heart are inseparable. They work together. They always have and they always will. That is why our thoughts must be taken captive to the obedience of Christ. Because the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. The Bible says, who can know it? That is why we must live for God according to what we know and not how we feel. I've been in many situations where the thoughts of Bitterness or anger, unforgiveness, resentment, maybe even thoughts of revenge begin to, to take hold of, of my mind and my heart. And I have to remember that I cannot be forgiven unless I forgive. That is the word of God speaking to me in that time and letting me know just what reality is. We can't be overtaken with evil thoughts. We have to keep our mind pure. We have to keep it full of the Word of God. The devil wants, uh, wants you to reject what you know based on how you feel. That is why Satan sends things. He sends circumstances your way to cause emotional upheaval in your heart and plant evil thoughts and imaginations in your mind. These evil thoughts and imaginations what caused God to want to destroy man back in Genesis with the great flood? Genesis chapter 6, 
Verse 5 through 8 says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Why? Because he thought differently than the world did. He didn't allow the evil thoughts of the day to permeate his mind. He didn't let the mockery and the belittling of the world as he was doing the work that God had given him to do. He did not let it take a hold of him. He did not let those evil words that I'm sure were perpetrated by the devil to try to keep his family from being saved did not let it overtake him, his heart, his mind. You see, the devil never sleeps. He's always observing our behavior. He's always coming up with strategies to take us out. Satan desires our destruction and will stop at nothing to see it come to pass. As we see the world and all the things that it is, it is projecting before us through pictures, through videos, through the news, through, through television programs, everything, that the onslaught of perversion and the onslaught of sin that he is trying to, to fill our minds with, it is of utmost important that we take control of what we are allowing into our mind. We let him take ground when we entertain those things. Talking to a friend the other day about this very issue and just the, the sense of all that came over me. We have, uh, in our home, we have taken to uh, going through every piece of entertainment that we have brought into our home. And, and if things do not line up with the Word of God or if it's promoting sin of any kind, we, we want to get rid of it. And we've gotten rid of it, and I'm thankful for that. God spoke to me very vividly one Saturday morning as I laid in my bed and asked me, Why do you think that these things are going on in your home? Why do you think that members of your family are battling and warring with these things? In such conviction, it was kind of in my subconscious at the time when he started speaking to me. It was the first thing he wanted me to hear before I got out of bed. And I made a covenant with God that I would not allow those things into my home. He said, do you think that I am, that I am sitting next to you, that my presence... I had to answer with an emphatic no. God, it will not be entertained by sin. God is...
Fathers, the God of this world has spared no expense in investing in the destruction of our homes and our families. He's after the minds of our children. He's after our mind. We're the priest of the home. We're the gatekeeper of our homes. Satan is trying to wear us down and wear us out when it comes to protecting our family. He's trying to divert our attention to other things besides being vigilant and protecting what God has entrusted to us. If he can bind the strong man, then he can plunder the house. We have a treasure in our families. Maybe your son or your daughter were born by a, in an inconvenient time when you weren't expecting. <laughs> Maybe it was unexpected. But they're a treasure. The treasure of our families, the true riches, Pastor, the souls of our family are at stake. Sometimes we wonder Sometimes we wonder what's going on, and it's such a subtle thing. The things we entertain our minds with is such a subtle thing, and I don't want to sit here and preach, on, preach against TV all day, but it needs to be said today. You're giving up real estate in your mind. Luke chapter 22, 31 and 32, said, Jesus said to Peter, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, that when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Hallelujah. Father, father, husband, husband, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. There's ever a call going out to be faithful to God in this day and age, it's today. We can't afford to let the devil have free reign in our minds. We can't allow the devil to have free reign in our kids' lives. Important. It's important today that we be in the house of God when the doors are open. It's important. To be in the house of God when the doors are open. This is where we renew our minds. The Bible says to renew your mind. How can your mind be renewed? What do you, how do you renew your mind? It's about the word of God. When we see and experience the things going on in the world, and when it's having an effect on our families, we can get into the Word of God and refresh our memory about what God really says. We can combat the lies of the enemy by renewing our mind with the Word of God. That word sift, as it applies to this scripture, means to sift, to shake in a sieve. Thayer's Greek definition says figuratively 
by inward agitation to try one's faith to the verge of overthrow. The enemy is wanting to overthrow you. He's trying to get you to lay down the authority that you have in Jesus Christ. He's trying to get you to lay down your convictions. That frame of mind you were in, that that freshness, that newness after you received the Spirit of God in your life, after you made that mind change to repent and to start living for the Lord and leading your family in the way, he wants you to lay that aside. He's trying to muddle and cloud your vision. The way that you see things, he's wanting to change that. He doesn't want you to see in accordance with his word. So he gets us busy. There are many people today that the way they cope with the troubles of life is not through a bottle. And it's not through a drug. But it's through a screen. They get lost in entertainment. They get lost in in YouTube, and, and they get lost in Facebook, and they get lost in, they just want to take the, the, the things off of their mind that, that are bothering them. That's when we need to get into the Word. I'm guilty at times being just the way I described. And today, that's my challenge. Bible, or my grandmother used to say, an idle mind is the devil's playground. See, the word entertainment means to be uh, taken out of reality and to be entertained with, with things that are fictitious or things that are not, uh, you know, necessarily going on in our lives, but it's an escape. It's a, when our minds are being entertained, we're not thinking for ourselves. It's amusement. To muse means to think. To be amused means someone else is doing the thinking for you. We have, to, we have to have our minds busy meditating on and reading the Word of God. It's important. The Word of God is so important in our, so of such importance in our homes. We need to be teaching our kids what thus saith the Lord. Ephesians 4.27 says, Neither give place to the devil. Thayer's definition for place means any portion or space marked off as it were, from surrounding space, an inhabited place as a city, village, district, a place. Metaphorically, the condition or station held by one in any company or assembly, opportunity, power, or occasion for acting. It's a marked-off space. And today we need to come to the point where we mark our territory where we draw the line of what comes into the home and what comes into our minds. We need to set up a barrier of prayer. I always pray the Lord build a wall of fire around my home, put an angel at every door. God, let nothing enter in that is contrary to your will, that is contrary to your word. Mind filled with God's word is the filter which all of our thoughts must pass through. That is why we must love God with our minds. Matthew chapter 22 says, filling it with his word. 
when that thought of giving up, when that thought of doubt and fear comes upon us, sometimes we're so worn down that we take ownership of the lies that the enemy is trying to tell us that God isn't there for us or we've done something so wrong that he doesn't desire to work in us or he doesn't desire to protect and to keep us or that he doesn't want what's best for us. At that time, we have to remember the words of the Lord. And how will we know what the word says unless we read it, unless we meditate on it, unless we implant it into our hearts and our minds? The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And that's what the devil wants to do. The world system, Hollywood, as pastor already ascribed to, they want to fill our minds with the thoughts that are opposite or against what the Word of God says. It's trying to create in us a double mind. We need a made-up mind today. We need a made-up mind today to be careful what we entertain in our minds. We have to create the more of the word uh, that we have in our minds, the easier it is to filter out the negative, to, figure out, uh, to filter out the lies that the world is perpetrating upon us, desensitizing us to sin, to what it does. The world desensitizes us. The more you see it, the more you begin to accept it. When you think in the... The famous last words of all my backslidden friends was, it's not affecting me. It'll never take me down that road. Oh, it's very subtle. It's very incremental. It's, very, it's a diabolical plan of the enemy to overtake our minds, to get us thinking, bouncing back between the right and the left. The devil would like to come and put things in our minds and cause instability. But we are the gatekeepers. It's our responsibility. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. Through God. Through God. You can't fight this fight on your own. In your own might and your own intellect. You can't fight it. It's mighty through God to the pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So when I sit and consider what I'm about to take into my mind or about what thought I'm going to entertain, Does it exalt itself against the knowledge of God? Is it obedient to Christ? Is it, is it a thought that Christ is planting into my mind? What is it? Most times allow him a place when we feed our minds with the trash of this world. We as humans have a hard enough time resisting temptation and evil thoughts that we don't need to be at any more of a disadvantage. Human heart is deceitful. It'll deceive you. It'll take you, take you to places that you need not be. 
who we hang around and fellowship with matters. Think about it. What are they saying in our hearing? What images are they casting into our minds through the jokes that they tell, through their conversation? What emotions are they stirring up within us? What are they influencing us to think, to say, and to do? You're either going to be the influencer or you're going to be the influenced. You can't hang around with any any individual long enough and someone, one party, not be influenced. I don't care how strong you think you are. You better not trust yourself in certain circumstances around certain people in certain environments. To trust in yourself is foolish. You will fall. We have our minds full of the Word of God. We can influence others and be able to resist being influenced. Read a couple scriptures in your hearing. 2 Timothy chapter 3, if you want to turn there. Second Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. I'm going to read it in the I'm going to read it in the King James and in the New Living Translation to kind of bring some clarity. It says This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. The New Living Translation says it this way. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious. They will act religious. The world, Hollywood. You've seen a lot of it lately. Oh, yeah, I go to Hillsong Church. That's just something to to do to be more palatable to the Christian community. To draw you over into that perverted way of thinking. It says, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. The company that you keep, whether in human form, in flesh, in front of you, or through a screen, you need to watch who you're around. David said in Psalm 101, 1 through 7, I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. O when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. 
I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. A froward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Whoso privily slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that hath a high look and a proud heart will not I suffer. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. He's making a covenant with his eyes and with the company, or with God, with the, about the company that he keeps. It's important as we men, as leaders of our home, we make a covenant today. He brought it out before I got up here. It was a great confirmation about what, what I was about to say. We need to make a covenant with God today. Your eternity depends on it. The eternity of your children depends on it. Don't leave this place today without making a covenant with your own eyes. For you are the leader. As you saw them kids come up here this morning and they looked out upon the crowd as they began to worship so beautifully. What did they see? What example were they given as they were up here giving an example of praise and worship? Am I living the life that I preach to my family? Am I, Mike Hornbeck, going to leave this place and live what I have spoken this morning, or am I going to become a castaway? God help us. We have to be aware what we're feeding our minds, what we're entertaining, because eventually it's going to affect our heart. Lust, perversion, thoughts of sexual deviance are strongholds of your mind. Matthew 5, 27 through 29 says, Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her committed adultery with her already in his heart. With thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out. Cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. Men, this speaks to us a little more than the women, but in, in recent years, women have, be, have been found to struggle with pornography. And I, I say pornography, and I don't mean the kind behind the curtain at the video store. I'm talking about the nudity on your TV program at night. It doesn't matter what it is, what it's recorded on. Shoot, we deal with pornography just walking around in the world. Women ain't got half the clothes child should be wearing. That's why we have to guard our heart. We have to pray for the strength to withstand the onslaught of temptation from the enemy. Get rid of whatever is plaguing your mind. The devil also wants to disrupt our faith in God. 
He wants to cloud our mind with fear and with doubt, with insecurity. I didn't write any notes down about this, but it's been on my heart lately. God's been dealing with me about my faith. If you just believe, if you would just believe in Him, if you would get the thoughts out of your mind, if you would bring them under subjection to the, to the Word of God, your faith would increase. But God doesn't do what we feel He needs to. What we feel He needs to do the moment that we desire it or think it's necessary. The Lord or the devil is trying to destroy our faith. He plants thoughts, evil thoughts, the thoughts that would say that God doesn't care. He asks questions: God, why? God, why this? Why that? But. We need to keep believing in Him. We need to keep faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You think if we're not pleasing Him that He's going to be inclined to bless us with what we desire? If, you're, if you offered your child a gift and said, I will give this to you, and you knew full well that you intended to give it to them, but they kept telling you, no, you're not, you're evil, you're holding this in front of my face, and you're just messing with my mind. I don't know that I'd be inclined to, to bless them with that. Maybe that's just me. God wants to see a steadfast faith in us, a faith that will never quit believing. If it's according to the will and purpose of God, He will bless us. But if it's not, he will not give us what we desire, for He cares for us and knows that it could, it could hurt us in the long run. We don't always know what we need, but God does. So if you've been praying for something and God hasn't answered, you either need to, to keep praying. You need to keep praying. I say either, but you need to keep praying for that. But if God doesn't answer, we have to accept the fact that he's the all-wise God. I remember begging for the life of my child. And she was pronounced dead six months into the pregnancy. And I knew God could do it. And I told him, I know you can do it and I believe it. It didn't happen. Maybe I even had a hope of during all of the, the time we spent with her, she was laying there lifeless, that God would somehow resurrect her and answer my prayer. But he didn't. I don't know why. I don't know why this morning. Still, not to this day, but one day I will know. But God had a plan. Something I did receive out of, out of the experience was a testimony to the peace that one has that believes in the Lord and that trusts in Him no matter the outcome. I've been able to minister to many people who are in my position, encourage them and strengthen them.
thankful for that. God knows. God knows your situation. He knows what you have need of, and he'll provide you what you need. The last thing I want to talk about this morning is some have given place in their minds over to the enemy through entertaining thoughts of offense, bitterness, unforgiveness, and revenge. These are strongholds of your mind, and they will ensure your eternal damnation. God, help us. If you do not forgive, I will not forgive you. Those are the words of the Lord. How great is the offense, really? Is it worth your salvation? Is it the wish for revenge? What's going, what can you do to him? that you won't go to prison for. <laughs> Somebody offend me one time. The roof of my own home. Trust me, I had thoughts that I had to bring under obedience to Christ. Because if God hadn't intervened, man would be in pretty poor shape today. I can hold bitterness over that. I could hold on the unforgiveness, and I could have thoughts of revenge, but it will get me nowhere but to hell. We like to hold on to offense because we feel we're entitled to. They did me wrong. They said something that hurt me. They did something to destroy my family talk of missionaries on the mission field where some rogue soldiers went into their home and put a gun to their infant's head pulled the trigger before that man that pulled that trigger left the home he was shown forgiveness by the parent I know where you get that kind of strength from are we willing to trust him? To let go. Let God have his way. Let God deal with the heart of the individual and exact any revenge that's necessary. You know, we talk about King Saul and David, how David said, I will not touch God's anointed. He was anointed a king. You were anointed with the Holy Ghost. You're God's anointed. And if someone decides to lay hands on you or speak evil of you, God will deal with them. Whether now or in the life to come, they will reap their reward. I'm going to close with this. Musicians want to come. Some here today haven't been loving God as completely as they should. We've been unfaithful in our minds. We've been entertaining sinful thoughts. We've found ourselves wavering, unstable, and falling again and again. We wonder why we can't stand, and it seems as if we'll never be able to find that place in God that we really long to be. 
The Bible says that the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Today is the day to make a covenant with God with our eyes, ears, and mind. We need to take back the place we've been leasing to the devil, to those who have harmed us, offended us. The longer we allow him a place in our minds, the more likely he is to take ownership. He will fortify our minds with strongholds. The word stronghold means a castle, fortress. He builds it up around our minds takes us captive. Build, we allow him to build the walls right around our minds. He wants to hold us captive unless we come and reclaim the territory we have lost. There may be those under the hearing of my voice that haven't yet made a move towards God. You haven't had that change of mind. Still thinking like the world. Still entertaining the world's thoughts and images, you today can have a life-changing experience with Jesus Christ. If you'll yield your heart and your mind to him, but letting your heart deceive you. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.